Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And with me this morning, good to see you. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. We're glad Pastor Rich Mullins. Rich, did I get your name right? From Texas. Give him a hand. We're always glad to have pastors and preachers with us. Thank you for uh, praying for my mother this week. She's kind of had some difficulties, so we appreciate your prayers. And uh, I tell you what, I'm just uh, thankful for all of the church family. This is round two this morning, as uh, you know, we always do. And, uh, you know, we had a great service in the early service. We always pray for the second service to be a great service, too. Uh, Reach over and take someone by the hand right now. Let's let's just pray. And uh, let me tell you what I'm praying for this morning. I'm praying that you get something extraordinary out of the service today. I'm looking for you to launch forward in a tremendous way because in the next few weeks we're going to talk about extraordinary faith. So let's pray together. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, our prayer, our desire is that you speak to our hearts in supernatural ways that we would see increase and growth and strength and all the things that you desire for us that we see emanate out of our life through your strength and your power. We ask it, we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As you seated, turn to your neighbor and say, you look really good today. In Romans chapter 5, the Apostle Paul Begins at verse 1, he says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Now, in the next few weeks when we talk about faith, it's so important that we have faith, and the Bible says every man is given the measure of faith. So when people say they don't have faith, how many of you know they do have faith? How many of you in the last six months have been on an airplane? How many of you have been over a bridge in the last week? How many of you made a doctor's appointment and said, uh, I'll be there at 2 o'clock and expecting them to get you in at the time your appointment is? <laughs> so when people tell me they don't have faith, we have faith all the time. You have faith when you get in your car. You have faith when you get on an airplane, in a boat, when you go across a bridge. Listen, we exercise our faith in many ways at different times. At all times, we are a people of faith. Even if you're not a believer, you still have faith and you operate in faith. Now, when I look at this scripture, he's talking about faith. We have not only faith to be saved and have grace and peace, but also he says we have access by faith. How many of you, about uh, two years ago, watched Nick Walinda walk across Niagara Falls? Were you nervous for him? I remember, you know, they hyped it up for about a month, it seems like. He's getting ready to stretch a 2,000-something foot cable across Niagara Falls, and this guy is going to walk across the falls. So I happened to watch that, and I was so nervous for him, I was sweating. And I'm sitting in my recliner in my living room. Goodness gracious, can you imagine stepping out on this cable over Niagara Falls, going from one side to the other? It was amazing. But do you know that is not the first time 
that the Niagara Falls was walked across on a rope? Let me just give you a little history. History's most famous tightrope walker of the 19th century is a French acrobat named Jean-Francois Gravelette. He's also known as Monsieur Charles Blondin. Now, the reason they called him the Great Blondin because he was blonde, so he had blonde hair. And he always operated without a net because he said, if you make precautions for a fall, it just makes you want to fall. So this guy never had a net. And so he stretched a rope. Now, this is back in 1800s. He stretched a rope made out of hemp, old-fashioned rope, two inches wide uh, in diameter, and he stretched it over 1,300 feet across Niagara Falls. And this guy, in 1859, began his journey across Niagara Falls. 25,000 people showed up to watch this guy cross Niagara Falls. And so they're gathered on the American side, they're gathered on the Canadian side, and there was uh, clerks and generals, members of Congress, judges, statesmen, capitalists, artists, newspaper editors, professors, debutantes, salesmen, and hucksters. They're selling everything on both sides from lemonade to whiskey. And I tell you what, I think I'd have to have a shot of whiskey maybe just to watch this guy in 1850-something to cross... Niagara Falls. So he gets ready and he crosses the falls and you have to understand there's no technology as we know it today so the rope in the middle of the falls sunk down 60 feet. So he walks down, it goes down 60 feet, it's to go up 60 feet because that's as tight as they can get it and you think it's probably stretching all the time. This guy was amazing. He did so many stunts along the way. He walked across it he cooked an omelet in the middle of the rope. He carried people across. He pushed wheelbarrows across. And one of his deals was he would get on the side and he'd get ready to, to go across and he'd say, how many of you believe I can do this? And they'd all cheer, we believe, we believe. And he said, who, get, who will get in the wheelbarrow? <laughs> and nobody would get in the wheelbarrow because they believed, but really they didn't believe, right? He, uh, at 65 years old, carried his son across, carried another man on his back, made another omelet for the crowd. He would let down a rope to a boat below. They'd give him a bottle of wine. He'd haul it up, pour it in a glass, drink the wine. He crossed Niagara Falls at least 300 times in his lifetime. 300 times. They said he walked more than 10,000 miles on the rope. I don't know if I've walked that many miles just on terra firma. How about you? This guy was amazing. He died, complications from diabetes, uh, nearly 73 years old. And he said he never had life insurance because no one he joked would ever take the risk on me. Isn't that funny? This guy was amazing. But guess what? If you're a believer, and he says, get in to the wheelbarrow, I'll push you across. He never really had a taker. Because some people say they believe, but yet they really didn't believe. Can I hear an amen? Do you realize faith is mentioned almost 250 times in the New Testament? It's mentioned more times than grace. It's mentioned more times than love. And it's mentioned more times than prayer. Do you think God is trying to give us a message about faith? Why would he be trying to tell us about faith? Because without faith, 
it's impossible to please God. Faith, let's define it according to scriptures, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen or unseen. So what is faith? Faith is just believing God for what he said. Faith is based on the character of the integrity of God and his word. We disbelieve what God says, so therefore we're operating by faith. Now, let's just stop here for a moment and say, what's faith not? Faith is not wishing. Faith is not wanting. Faith is more than just prayer. Faith is believing God, wanting God to move as we move with his word. Faith is more than hoping. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen or unseen. So here's the challenge for all of us here today. Let our faith rise and grow and get stronger. How many of you are going to help me preach this morning? Y'all are as quiet as a church mouse today. I don't know why. Are, are you too hot, fried? Well, it's cool. You go outside, you'll figure out how cool it is in here. Makes you want to go to heaven, doesn't it? <laughs> but faith is so important because as we exercise faith, faith is like a muscle. The more you exercise faith, the stronger faith gets. And without faith, what? It's impossible to please God. So faith is more than wishing, more than just wanting, more than just hoping. Verse 1, Romans 5, he says, We have been justified through faith. Verse 2, he says, we have gained access by faith. We have gained access by faith. Now say that with me. We have gained access by faith. Let's say it again. We have gained access by faith. Now, come on, let's, let's all participate. We have gained access by faith. What does that do? Faith gives you access. What does that mean, Pastor? Well, here's what the word means. It means admission. It means it's the approach to something, it leads us and brings us to something. So if you're taking notes this morning, number one, faith opens doors for you. Faith opens doors for you. Anybody here need any doors open for you? Absolutely. In Acts chapter 14, verse 27, the Bible says that there is an open door of faith. So faith opens doors. Every one of us, all the time, at different occasions, we need doors opening up for us. Doors of finances, doors of job, doors of marriage, doors of forgiveness, doors of reconciliation. You're facing challenges. You're facing difficulties. You come up against a brick wall, and guess what? You need a door open for you, and God is able to open the door for you because of what? Your faith. Faith gives you access. Do you remember when they're trying to cross into the promised land, and there's Jericho, the wall cities, massive walls. They're thinking, how do we defeat this city? Now, they needed a real door of victory opening up, right? They thought, there's no way. We're not warriors. We're, we've been slaves for 400-something years, and now we need to possess this land, and it seems like this city is impenetrable. We need a door of opportunity opening. When God gave Joshua the plan, it was one of the wildest plans you've ever seen, right? So, so here he is. He gets the plan. He shares it with the army. He shares it with the people. He shares it with the priest. What we're going to do, we're going to walk around this city. We're going to walk around seven times. Nobody say anything, and the walls are going to collapse. Oh, yeah, really? Really? Okay. Now, he said to the people, he said, don't talk at all. 
Don't say anything until that last trip around. You're going to march around. The priest is going to blow the trumpet, and you're going to shout. Wonder why he said don't say anything. Because if it had been me and you, we'd been walking around the city, and on day one, two, three, four, five, six, this is what we'd been saying. This is the stupidest plan Joshua has come up with in a long, long time. Y'all are so holy. Can you believe we're going to walk around this city and the walls on their own are just going to collapse? And guess what? It happened just as God said. The walls imploded and they went up the walls. They possessed the city, conquered the city because God supernaturally opened the door of opportunity. Every one of us, we have doors of opportunity that we need access to. According to Romans 5, 2, faith gives us access. And you need access. I need access. Years ago, when my boys were small, Carrie and I sometimes would have Dana come and keep the boys for us. Dana Williams. Dana was a teenager, lovely blonde girl who's now a nurse practitioner and married, has her own family. And so Dana... When she didn't keep our boys and go to school, she worked at the theater, the movie theater, the Carmack, Carmack 5. Is that it? Yes. Six? Six. Seven and a half. You can tell how often I go to the movies. But anyway, she would take the boys to the movies, and because Dana worked there, and knew all the employees there because she was a, a member of the staff. She didn't pay. She'd just take the boys into the movies. So there's the kids' movie. She's keeping the kids. She'd take them in. So when Carrie and I, when there was a kids' movie, we'd take them. And, and we'd go up. And the boys would say, Dad, you don't need any money. <laughs> Says, you don't have to pay to get in. Said, you don't even need a ticket. And I said, I'm pretty sure we need a ticket to get in here. Oh, no. When Dana takes us. She just goes on. She talks to, you know, the people who work there. We just go in and we watch the movie. And I said, I'm pretty sure that uh, I need to buy a ticket and pay for it. And they said, Dad, just tell them you know Dana. <laughs> because th they knew, hey, if you know the right person, you have access. Hello? If you know the right one, you have access. We have access by faith. You have some doors in your life that need to be open. I have some doors in my life that need to be open. Maybe today it's the door of health or healing or finances or whatever it is. The Bible says faith gives us access. And we need access. Because there's so many things trying to shut you out and keep you out and keep you in bondage. And you need to break through that. You need to break through the enemy's walls. You need to go forward because faith gives you access. Why is it important? Because the Bible says in Romans 14, 23, everything that does not come from faith is a sin. So we need the access of faith. Here's number two. Write this down. Faith opens the door for miracles. Faith opens the door for miracles. We need to see the miraculous in our life. Anybody here believe in the miraculous power of God? Yes, we do. We believe in the miraculous power of God. We need the miraculous power of God. We need God to intervene and step in to normal situations and turn it around. 
We need him to intervene in the course of the daily ritual of the challenge, of the hurt, and the pain, and all of a sudden, boom, there God is. And he comes in and he changes the landscape. Matthew 9, 29, Jesus is going through, and there are two blind men, and I'll pick it up. He touched their eyes, and this is what Jesus said. According to your faith, let it be done to you. According to your faith, let it be done to you. Your attention, please. Much of the faith, and most of the faith that you and I need is really on our shoulders. He said, according to your faith. Jesus didn't have to have any more faith. How many of you know he is the Son of God? He's God incarnate. He is the Lord God Almighty. He is the Creator. But he said to these two men, he said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Do you realize he would go around asking people questions that seem like he shouldn't be asking? Guy by the pool, he's lame, hadn't walked. Jesus comes along and says, you want to walk? The guy says, duh, no. Do you want to be healed? No, I'm just laying here. Here's the thing. Jesus required something, an expression of faith from people, be it according to your faith. Now, if God is all-powerful, and he is, right? And he wants us to respond to him by faith, the more faith I respond to him with, the more I receive, because he said it's according to my what? My faith. This is so important. Why is it we look at people and we see them successful in business, we see them successful in marriage and in families, we even see success in churches, we see success in many different areas, and we say, well, wow, wow, they were just lucky. They're just lucky. Could it be they've exercised more faith in me? Could it be they stepped out in the miraculous more than me? Could it be they found the access into that door by faith and they walked in faith? Could it be they said, yes, Lord, I will believe. Yes, Lord, I will receive. Yes, Lord, when they're not believing, I'm going to believe. Yes, Lord, I'll take you at your word and I'm going to go forward believing you because you're Almighty God and your word is truth. You see, faith allows the door to be open to the miraculous according to your faith. In some cities, Jesus could not do very many miracles. In some, it seems like none. Why is it that he could do miracles over here, but he didn't do miracles over here? Was it because of Jesus? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The Bible says he could do no mighty miracles in those places because of their lack of what? Faith. Faith pleases God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And without faith, it's impossible to see the door to the miraculous open up in our life. Can I hear an amen? Here's the third thing. Faith allows us to take hold of God's promises. Faith allows us to take hold of God's promises. Do you remember when you were a kid and maybe when your kids were kids, there was this little line that we'd sing, every promise in the book is mine, every chapter, every verse, every line. Well, that's good theology, isn't it? Understanding that the promises of God, listen to this, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, for all the promises of God in him, and the him is Jesus, are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. 
What is Paul saying? He says the promises of God are yea and amen. The promises of God are positive. The promises of God are for us. In the early service, I asked this question. I want to ask you the same question. Who are the promises of God for? Are they for the angels? The angels don't need the promises of God. They're never sick. They're not having a bad day. They live in a pretty good place. Can I hear an amen? The angels aren't worried about some, uh, you know, check coming through. They're not worried about a job. The promises of God are for the children of God. The promises of God are yay and amen. Let me ask you another question. If someone handed you a safety deposit box and said, if you'll go down to this certain bank, here's the key, and uh, here's the number on the key that corresponds with the safety deposit box, and if you will go and open up that box, there's $1 million in cash just for you. How many of you are going to let that lay on the kitchen counter for about five years? If you do, you need a check up from the neck up. <laughs> what are you going to do? I think what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, Carrie, get out of my way. <laughs> I'm going to take that key. I'm going to go down to that bank. I'm going to say, I have the key to this safety deposit box. Here's the number. Would you let me in? And you know what? That key gives me access into that vault. That key also gives me access to that safety deposit box. And I'm going to insert that key, and I'm going to turn it, and I'm going to pull it back. And if that person was reliable, and if there is a million dollars cash in there, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, thank you, Jesus. Zippity-doo-dah, I'm having a good day. Because I have a key to have access to something wonderful. Do you realize? Every day, you and I have the access by faith, Romans 5, 2, to the promises of God, the access by faith to the things of God that we can experience and use and benefit from every day. Now, why is it sometimes people don't do that? Because they don't exercise their faith. They don't exercise their faith or they don't believe the one who promised it. But if we believe the one who promised it, then we can exercise our faith and it gives us access into the promises of God. We are the ones who are receiving the promises. The promises are for the children of God. And we are the sons and daughters of Almighty God. So we are receiving the promises. Can I hear an amen? Here's the next one. Here's the number four. Faith keeps us from the pitfalls of unbelief. Faith keeps us from the pitfalls of unbelief. Let me tell you what faith will do better than negativity. Everything. Faith is better than fear. Faith is better than worry. Faith is better than anxiety. And we have this human tendency to always gravitate that way because of the fallen nature that you and I have to walk in the spirit to overcome, right? And you have to do it every day. Don't you wish you could just walk in the spirit one day and it would just be over? But guess what? Tomorrow, you're going to have to get up. You're going to have to believe God. You're going to have to walk in the Spirit. You're going to have to do what you know to do. Put on the mind of Christ. And so if we walk in faith, it avoids the pitfalls of unbelief. Faith and fear are like diametrically opposed. 
And you and I are to walk in faith and not in fear. Let me read the passage to you in the next 10 minutes. Let me share with you something that I think is greatly important. This is when Moses and the children of Israel are trying to get into the promised land. They're moving that direction. For 400, 430 years, they've been in captivity. They have physically been in captivity. Cruel taskmasters killing their babies. For over 400 years, that's where they've been. God, by his power, his majesty, by a deliverer of Moses, by the rod of God, the plagues of God, by the blood of the Lamb, however you know, he gets them out of slavery and he gets them out of bondage. But here's something I noticed. Even though they were physically out of bondage, they were still in the bondage of their own mentality and fear and thought process. It didn't take long to get to Canaan. Matter of fact, and of course, there may have been three to six million people traveling, so the traveling is not really fast. But it wasn't long. They came to the border of Canaan, of the promised land, Kadesh Barnea, and Moses sends out the spies. You remember? He, he selects a spy from all the tribes, and so they go out, they spy out the land. We pick up the story in verse 13. Uh, chapter 13, verse 31, But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Now, when it says the men who had gone up with him, the him is referring to Caleb. Because Joshua and Caleb had a positive report. Matter of fact, Joshua and Caleb says, We are well able to take this land. Not only we're well able, but God's going to help us take this land, right? But they said, We're not able to go up against this people. They're stronger than we are. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Doubt and fear will magnify your problems. Now, folks, I'm not going to be a person up here to say, okay, don't deny your problems, but I'm going to say, if you let doubt and fear enter your life, it will magnify your problems. Correct? There's no way you're going to get through this life without problems. Jesus said, in this world you shall have what? Tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So as you face these problems, as you face your challenges, as you face your marriage, your finances, your jobs, or, or if you have conflict with someone. Anybody here ever have conflict with somebody? This is the holiest bunch I've preached to today. So, so here you are, you're facing the challenges, you're, you're facing the problems, you're facing the issue, you're facing your boss, you're, you're facing, you know, the, the mortgage, you're facing whatever, and if you let anxiety and fear come in, let me tell you what happens. This problem, this challenge now gets Bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But let me tell you what faith does. Faith shrinks it down to size. Now, I want you to see the words used by the spies who brought back the negative report. He says, this is the land that eats everybody up. Do you remember what God said about the land? 
He said, this is a good land. This is a great land. This is a land that flows with milk and honey. This is a land that has orchards. This is a land that has vineyards. This is a land that has grapes as big as cantaloupes. But they come back with a completely negative report. And notice the report. He says, they are bigger than us. They have great stature. They're huge over there. So... Our doubt and fear is magnifying our challenge. Fast forward a few years. There's a young boy who's not even old enough to be in the army. He's facing one of these sons of Anak. Remember? And how many of you know when he goes out to the battlefield, he has a completely different view of the giant than the rest of the army? And you say, now, Pastor, how do you know what they're thinking? Let me tell you how I know what they're thinking. Because nobody has volunteered to face Goliath for 40 days. Send me a man, send me a man, send somebody, send somebody. For 40 days, all you heard was the crickets chirp on the other side. Right? You know what they're thinking? The same thing the spies thought, this guy is way too big. But if you've been on the hills looking at God and seen how big God is, the giant looks pretty small compared to the God that you serve. And that's the God we serve today. A God that is big and powerful, omnipotent, omniscient, that knows everything, all-powerful. That's the God we serve. And David didn't say he was too big to hit, he thought he was too big to miss. And David didn't go there in his own power. He didn't go in his strength. We know from what David said. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord God of hosts. He said, you've defied the armies of the Lord God, and I am come to you how in faith. Because the Lord's going to what? Deliver you into my hands. This young man is going in faith. And he's going in the faith of what God's already done. The Lord helped me to kill the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be no different. I'm going to defeat him. Let me tell you, if you walk in fear, if you walk in doubt, your giant just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, but faith cuts it down to size. The lack of faith minimizes your potential. The lack of faith minimizes your potential. Not only are they talking about how big the giants are, how big the walls are, how big the cities are, how big the challenges are. Notice what they said. We were like grasshoppers in our own side, and so we were in their side. The lack of faith minimizes our potential. Do you realize God put potential in you? That you are fearfully and wonderfully made? That you are the apple of his eye? That he has put his breath and his life within you? Out of all of creation, you're the only one created in the image of God. You're the only one he breathed life into. You are the children of the Most High God, and he put potential within you? But if you walk in fear, you will forget about the potential that God's put in you. And then you'll begin to walk in your own power, your own strength. And let me tell you, it's not much. But with his strength and his power, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
So doubt and fear will make your problems look bigger and it will make your potential look smaller. It will minimize what God's put in your heart and your life. And lastly, the lack of faith gives us a negative perspective. The lack of faith gives us a negative perspective. Now, watch this. It wasn't just that they saw the giants and the giants thought they were small. Look at the line. They thought they were small before the giants ever saw them. We're like grasshoppers in our own sight. How are you looking at yourself today? Well, I'm not trying to get you puffed up or prideful or arrogant. It's not, that's not even the point here. But if, if we can infuse faith in our life through the Word of God, then guess what happens? Our challenges look smaller. Our potential looks greater. And we look at ourselves in a whole different light. We look at the positive instead of the negative. You remember the old story about Grandpa sleeping and the grandkids went in and got some Limburger cheese and rubbed on his mustache? Remember that? And Grandpa gets up and he smells and he says, this bedroom stinks. And he goes to the kitchen and he says, this kitchen stinks. And he goes to the living room and he says, this living room stinks. And he goes to the front porch and he says, this front porch stinks. And he goes to the front yard and he smells and he says, the whole house stinks. No, Grandpa. You stink. If you don't watch it, a hurt, a marriage, a divorce, a failure will rub some Limburger cheese on your upper lip and you will go through your life saying, life stinks. But you know what faith can do? Faith can come alongside of you, give you access to the door that opens up a whole new world in your life that we can go forward in the confidence and the strength and the power of Almighty God, you and I walking in extraordinary faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? You don't have to have a bucket load of faith. Sometimes you just have to have a little mustard seed of faith. Sometimes we're looking for the bucket and God says, just give me a mustard seed because it's really not you doing it anyway. It's you believing that I can do it. You trusting in me to do it. You walking in my way to do it. You believing my word to do it. Goodness gracious, God, help us to walk in faith. What happens if hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people here this morning step out of this auditorium and say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start walking in faith. Oh, but pastor, oh, pastor, but you don't know. Oh, I think I do. I really do. The person next to you knows. Hey, I'm not diminishing the pain. I'm not diminishing the loss. I'm not diminishing the challenge. I'm not diminishing any of that. But let me tell you, if you can just have a little bit of faith, you can say to the mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. And Jesus said the mountain would obey you. Now that is radical faith, isn't it? 
Isn't it amazing that you and I literally can believe the Word of God and the Word of God will speak to your situation? Now, folks, I'm not here naming it, claiming it, blabbing it, grab it, spit it, get it. I'm talking about biblical faith by the Word of God to move you to the direction where God can give you access to the door that you can go through to see him move in your life. Amen. You know how you get saved? By faith. You know how you have a miracle? By faith. You know how a door opens for you? By faith. You know how you reduce negativity? By faith. You know, one of the old preachers said this, doesn't do any good to talk about faith if you don't have works, right? And it says, faith and works are like both your legs. That when you walk, it's faith, it's works, it's faith, it's works, it's faith, it's works. So as we have faith and we work that faith and we believe and we take another step, that faith and that work just keeps going side by side, hand in hand, foot by foot, step by step. And what are we doing? We're making progress. We're seeing God move in ways that we may not have seen him move in a long, long time. Or there may be somebody here today to say, I need a miracle from God. Let me tell you, God has the access to your door. Bow your head with me. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.